We're, We're talking, talking about, about love, 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 love. We're talking about love, 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 love. Oh, oh love. love. Welcome, Welcome to the power of unity. Welcome, Welcome to, to the power of unity. unity. I'm, I'm your host, Apostle Al Pharaoh. If, if you, you want to call into the, the show, show or call, call for prayer, prayer you can, you can call, call area code 213-300-3850. Again, the area code is 213-300-3850. If you want to request a topic for the show, you can email me at farrowalfredtoyo at gmail.com. That's farrowalfredtoyo at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. God bless you. And until next time, love love. We're, We're talking, talking about, about love, love, love. God bless you and welcome to the power of unity. Where I'm your host, Apostle Ralph Farrow. I'm sorry about that. We had a little, the internet went crazy. We, um, as I said in the earlier show, I apologize for coming on late on Friday manner. I normally would be on between 1231, but I had a whole lot of things we had to do and I do apologize. Um, but before we get into the word and before we get into what God has given me to talk about tonight, I want to give a shout out to Proper Cuts. Um, they're located on 1092 um, East 7th Street, the Long Beach, um, 90813 is their zip code. Um, it's a barbershop and they open from Sunday to Friday um, from nine three on Sundays from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And on Monday, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., Thursday from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., and Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And if you want to book an appointment with them, I'm telling you, they're great. They're great people. The vibes are great. Every barber can cut, so it doesn't matter which barber you pick. Um, and they'll treat you like you family. And if you, if you want to book an appointment, you can also go on their app um, called the Cut app. And you can find them at Proper Cuts, or you can call them at 562-336-1409 and book an appointment as well. Again, they're great people. Um, but tonight's show, I've been talking and been dealing with um, Mind Under Attack. And on last week, we talked about the mind of losing. And tonight, we're going to deal with the mind um, Deal with the mind, I don't want to do what I'm doing, or I'm doing what I don't want to do. And we're going to, we're going to go into Romans chapter 7, and beginning at verse 14, and we have to understand, like, if, if we read from verse 7, Paul is showing that his problem that he has, he was saying about how he was killing the children of Israel or the Christian church because he thought the law, they was breaking the law of God because they serve Jesus. And, and anytime you do something that somebody else don't agree with, nine times out of 10, they're going to attack you because they don't agree with what you're doing. That's because sometimes our mind is what got us thinking that what we're doing is right. And when you think something is right, that's when you end up finding out when you look closer at it, it's actually a way of wrong. The Bible says there's a way that's seeming to write into a man, but the end of are the ways of death. Now the, now, the thing about the ways of death, you got to look at that verse, and you look at that, 
And when you look at that, you'll see that he said the ways of death, which means that means every your path will also end up being wrong because you think it's right. So if you look at something and you feel that it's right, nine times out of ten, it is not necessarily right because sometimes you can conjure up things in your own mind. You can think that God told you something and God did not speak. You can think that God have moved on, on the face of the earth for you, but he have not moved. So you put your hands to something because you thought it was the right thing to do. So Paul, so Paul sits here. And um, and when Paul, when Paul sits here in verse 14, he says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm carnally, I'm carnal sold under sin. So Paul says, I'm I'm under sin because of my mind. The way I think is what's causing me to have a problem. Because I think I'm doing what's right. That's why Paul one time said. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. And how many of us actually believe that we're so educated, we know so much that we beat down people that, that come against what we think we know? I was talking to a guy this week, and um, we were sitting preparing for a revival that we have coming up in November. And, you know, I'm new to California, so I don't know a lot of people, and he's helping. And But he wanted me to run the service the way he wanted me to run it, but God gave me to do it the way he told me to do. And so, and he wanted to create a dominant mindset that he wanted to be over me. And God told me no man can be over me. Okay. So what happened is sometimes we can think that we're right because of our age. Our mindset make us think we're right because of our age. Our mindset make us think that we're right because we are preachers. Or our mindset make us think that we're right because um, I've been doing it this way my whole entire life. And when you think that you have done some a certain way your whole entire life, that's when you find, when you start looking closely and not understanding why is my life and things around me falling apart? Because maybe you have did something that it ain't pleasing to God or, or it's not pleasing or done the right way. So sometimes you do things, it doesn't mean it's wrong to do it. It just means that it ain't done the right way. Pretty makes sense. It, it just means that you're in a place that, that you have to now change your pattern of thinking. You have to change your pattern of thinking. Thank you, God. You have to change the way you um, maneuver. You got to change the way you react. You got to change the way you um, you have did throughout the 12 years or 16 years or 15 years. You have to be able to shift into your position or shift into who you are. Because sometimes it ain't necessarily what you've done wrong. Many times it's what you are doing right, but you haven't yet came into your um, came into you. So the devil's attacking you off an old anointing you're walking in because you feel that what you're doing is right because you're just taking either Jesus and made him your law. And your law it says that I can't do it this way because Jesus said do it this way. And sometimes we stay into broken relationships or we stay into broken mindsets because our mind says that I can't do no better because I'm in sin. But sometimes you're not in sin if God have moved something. If God have rejected something, then you can't. You have to follow His leading. That's why the Bible talks about the leading of the Spirit. And there's a way that seems right into a man. That means the Spirit has to lead you into the right path or the right being that God needs you in. That also means, watch this, that sometimes you have to cut some people off. Sometimes you have to literally have to, in order for you to get your sanity, in order for you to become what you need, or in order to, for you to become what God needs you to be. You have to learn how to begin to walk in your now and get and forget yesterday. Because yesterday news is not necessary. 
not necessarily the news for you today. And and, and I'm, I'm about to use me, for example. God, I just got through, when I got off live and I had this problem with the internet, I cried out to God, God, what do you want for me? God, how do you want me to move? Why you keep allowing this? What do you want? I did what you said. I didn't came to California. I don't like California, but I came to California. I did what you said. I left. I sold the location in Arkansas. I did everything you said, God. What do you want for me? This is what I just got to crying out to God. And I was saying, God, I don't know what to do. But the thing is, he started preparing me in authority. He started telling me to walk in authority. He started telling me these things, but I haven't yet walked in authority. Now, I'm going to tell you all that life, I think my last show, I was talking about my marriage, how it was over. And then God brought someone else into the, into the place that he desired. And some people might say that ain't right. But at the same time, when God moves something, he moves it because he knows his plan. And when God moves, you have to follow it, even though everybody else might not understand it. When God say do something, it's not for everybody else to, to actually agree with. It. Does that make sense? Everybody is not going to agree with it. But them that understand the move of God and accept the move of God that God is doing are the ones that's going to follow. it. So sometimes sometimes you could be so spiritual till you carnal. Sometimes you could be so much saying you in line with God till you miss God. And I pray this makes sense because sometimes we miss God because what we think God won't do, because what we thought God said. And, and, and it was a preacher that I heard preach, and I love him. I think God, I think highly of him. But there's a teaching that goes around that the Bible, they'll say that God tells you you cannot marry, um, be not unequally open unbelievers. That has nothing to do with marriage. But they take the verse and they use it. Then he'll tell you that you God wouldn't tell you to go marry somebody that's unclean. Well, go read 1 Corinthians 7. Then if that's why, is it there? What it is, O wife, that you may save your husband. What it is, O man, that you may save your wife. But then there's a verse in verse 7 that so many preachers preach about. Watch this. They preach about. And they say. And they, they say that, well, you only can marry in the Lord. But that ain't what the verse says. It talks about a woman husband that died. She can only remember in the Lord because her husband was her teacher and she taught her the way of God. So now she has to only marry in that because she can't take somebody that's unclean because the man is considered in the earthly realm, the head of the church, which is the head of the wife. And so because of that reason, she has to marry somebody that's already in God. But if I'm in God and, and I've never been married, what if God bring me somebody that's unclean? Do I reject that uncleanness? Because what if that's the only way they can get saved? So Paul said, I'm carnally sold under sin because I think that what I'm doing is right. And there's so many preachers who are preaching with, with so much conviction. And sometimes the conviction has everything to do with you. I remember a time that I was in New York City and this bishop. And he, he told me, you're not supposed to watch TV. You got to understand something. You have to move when God tells you to move what falls off of you. Some people might get mad about this teaching, but it's to a point. If you move the ahead of God, then what's going to happen is the Bible says you can't even be saved until he draw you. And when you find that you try to make up in your mind that I'm going to be or I'm going to become something that God have not yet said do and because somebody else says I should be this way, then I'm going to miss the mark every time because every time I miss the mark, I'm missing it because I think I'm doing right. He said there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. 
So this week, when I had a meeting yesterday, and this, 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 the pastor said he know the spirit movement, and, and, and he's talk, he talked about the spirit, the people coming in on Wednesday and Thursday, we got to be mindful of the timing. But I told him I do everything the way the spirit lead me to do. And what he say do, that's what I follow. And, and then he said, and said but we got to give a cutoff time because we got to be wise about the people. And I told him I follow the spirit. He said that ain't the spirit moving because you got to put. So when I asked him a question, I said, is it you controlling the spirit or is it the spirit? Because the spirit can't move the way he want to. And so God gave me to ask that question because how many times are we messing up and doing the things that God don't want us to do because somebody else don't agree with what you're doing? How many times do we actually literally fall by the wayside and we begin, we get good seed, but the seed don't take root in us and it scourges, it gets scourged when the sun rises because we are not doing what God said do, or we're not in the place that God say be in. And and we're in disobedience and we're in, 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 in disarray because now we even made the purpose and the grace of God a sin for us because we made Jesus a practice. The law was practice. So now in the Old Testament, it was a practice. Now we have made Jesus a practice. And now we got people that are Pharisees in the spirit that think that they got what God is saying, but God ain't moving. Because I'm doing things that I know or God haven't told me to do. Watch this. He said, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that do I. Paul is saying he didn't agree with what was going on, but he also, watch this. He didn't agree that he was going down and, and killing the Christians. But what he did was, because he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, and he believed that he was right, he said, I'm going to keep on moving. I'm going to keep on doing the very thing that I know that I say is right, because the law said it was right, but not understanding that the law spoke of Jesus. Okay, God, are we? The law spoke of Jesus. And because the law spoke of Jesus, the law became the law became life and became fulfilled through Jesus. So now we have to understand that if if the law became if the law actually became good or became life or became fulfilled in Jesus, and He is the fulfillment of the law now, that means my responsibility is to to follow His will and not to think what I feel is right. Not to do what I think is right, but to do what God has given me is right. I pray this makes sense because there's a lot of things that we're doing and a whole lot of people doing things. And, and I was laying up in the bed the other night and God told me, he said, I want you. He brought this to me a couple of months ago about the Me Too move. And I said, God, what is the Me Too move? He said, look it up. And when I looked it up, I said, well, God. I don't think they're doing anything wrong. They're bringing awareness to being, or women being raped. I said, God, what is wrong with that? And God said, what their intentions is good. And let me share this with you. You can always have good intentions. But the problem that comes with your good intentions that you think is right, it can make other, it can end up creating a spirit of rape, of, of, of a demonic force that said, and then girls saying, it's okay to be raped if I can go fit in with society. So that sends a false narrative. I don't agree and don't believe that a woman should be raped. That's, that's my belief. But I also believe that we have to make sure that we're not doing things that's going to, um, 
that's going to produce more pain and produce more problems because today in this society, we have more followers than leaders. And then we have leaders that should not be leaders, but they should be followers because they think their position is right. They move wrong. Like for instance, um, the word overseer, watch this, the word overseer means bishop when you study it. It means bishop. But when you call yourself overseer, but you're not a bishop, then you're saying you're a bishop because that's what an overseer is. An overseer is a watchman. And the Bible says, Peter said, that Jesus is the bishopric of our soul. He's the watchman of our soul. He's the overseer of our soul. And we can think that what we're doing sounds good because we got to go beyond the gifts and the positions of the Bible to make ourselves seem much more um, impressive. This. So Jesus, so now when you do the study of a bishop, he's an overseer. And because he's an overseer, and, and, and watch what I say, he's an overseer. And there's a way that seemeth right. It looks right. It feels right. But when I look closely and I examine it closely, it doesn't add up to what the Bible is actually saying. It doesn't move the way the Bible is actually moving. So somebody has to be doing something, their own will, other than the will of the God, of, 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 or the will of God. Now, now watch Paul. This is um, Acts chapter 9. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, watch this, and desired of letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he, if he find, found, any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Watch this. As, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. And he fell, uh, fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why thou persecutest me? Now he's obeying the law. Paul it's at this time, he saw Saul is obeying the law. And that's what he's saying in Romans 7. I'm obeying the law. I did what the law said do. But then I found that the law became a curse to me. But then he comes back and say, no, was it a curse? No, it wasn't. It was the law is holy and good if you receive it spiritually. But it becomes a problem when your flesh is the one that's operating and the spirit ain't moving. So you you perceive what you want to perceive and not necessarily rightly divide the word of truth. When a preacher, and I, and I gotta do this, when a preacher gets behind the pulpit and 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 they start quoting scriptures but don't read the scripture to you, it becomes a problem because now nine times out of ten that pastor knows you're not reading your Bible. So they're 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 betwixting you to to know, to see or know what they're saying. Like Deuteronomy 22 and 5, it does. It says a woman shall not anything pertaining to a man. And down through the years, people preach that. And he says, and but it, that ain't what the it ain't the only thing what the verse says. He says a woman shall not anything pertaining to a man. Neither man put on women women garment. Which means now we nobody should be dressing with anything if he's saying a woman can't wear pants. Watch this. Now and then we got another problem that we have that women can't be used in the church. But in 1905, 1906, um, around Azusa Street in, in, in Los Angeles, California, before Seymour, um, Apostle Dr. Pastor Seymour moved, 
watch this, it was a woman that received the Holy Ghost. And, 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 and we reject these things because God can't do what he needs to do in the earth because too many people know what God is saying. I was driving today and I was talking and I said, I'm so tired of hearing people say, I know what God meant. And God meant this, and God understands this. Now, is God speaking, or are you speaking for God? Like, like, oh, like our apostle Paul. Saul said, Saul went, you see what he said? He went and got letters and threatened to go down and capture the people that served and followed Jesus. That believed and trusted Jesus after the time of the upper room. And this, uh, watch this. And so he goes down, and he's fighting. He's want to kill them. He want to destroy them because they're breaking the law because it was said that Jesus' body was stolen, but not that he was risen because the, because the Pharisees paid the guards that stood by the, the stood by the doorway of the tomb and said that he's he, listen. He is he's he's tell them that his body has been stolen. And we got to understand that what we are saying and what we are doing is not what the Bible actually says. So we got so many fights in the land and so many different doctrines and, and so many different thought processes that what we think is right is not necessarily all the time right. Because we perceive it to be right doesn't mean it is right. And because it's your opinion doesn't mean that it's right either. Your opinion doesn't make you right. You know, the way you feel don't make you right. The way the other person feel about you don't make it right. Sometimes you can do something and everybody else disagree with it. You don't change up what you're doing because they don't agree. You keep doing what you have to do. The only person you change up what, that, he, that he don't agree is God. Why? It's because he know the way he thinks towards you. He know his, he know his thoughts are good and peaceful towards you. So when, you, when, we, gotta, when we stop fighting, the truth and stop trying to act like we know and have all the truth, then we can actually begin to perceive and understand truth. We got so much going on in this land that so many people are operating in a spirit of, dis of depression and discouragement and feeling down, even in the church. Me and my wife, um, openly, um, I'm saying this openly, we're going to divorce. And, and I'm not going to go in details about it. But I told him, told the pastor what was going on. He told me I was unholy for what my wife did. And see, now that's wrong teaching. Because, and then he started bringing up more problems. And let me share something with you. If you're a preacher, you do not use people, problems, to beat them up to try to make yourself elevate yourself to a standard that they got to be subject to. And because if you do that, that's, that's false counseling. Because if another person mess up, that don't mean I'm wrong because that person messed up. If you've done everything you know you could do. Listen, some people are in relationships and with people and around people and, and, and in the mindset of people around them that feel like they, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to do it. And yet because you messed up, that person messed up, you wrong? No, you're not wrong. And we got to stop living as if we're wrong when somebody else messed up and preachers and people got to stop making people feel like they're wrong. For instance, when the devil attacks you, sometimes it ain't what you did wrong while the devil's attacking. Sometimes he's attacking because he wants to stop you from becoming who you need to become. Sometimes we hold on to paths and ways that we shouldn't even be going by. But we end up still going that way because in our mind we thought it was right. And it becomes, it, um, it becomes a situation 
that produces Miss Heidi. I'm on my podcast as well um, while I'm live. Um, next time, I promise you will be in it, but I'm on a podcast. Watch this. Whenever there's a time that you feel that you're right and you're and yet you still wrong and the person is wrong and you they try to make you feel bad. Don't you feel bad about how they felt? Because what you felt and what they felt has nothing to do with you. Sometimes you just got to understand people meant to fall off. I was talking to someone earlier this week and, and, and they say, oh, I'm a such a good guy and I'm great. And they, and they did the same thing that my wife did. But at the same time, they're judging my wife. And, 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 and so she sits there and, and when she sits there and tells me that um, I'm crazy because I forgave her. See, forgiveness comes not for not just for the person. So you forgive the person for the person to be able to heal and become strong and still be great. That's our sole purpose, to better each other. But then you got to actually understand that when you forgive, you forgive. And then now you got to be healed of what happened with whatever happened with the person you had a fallout with. But when you think that you're OK and when you don't want to agree that you hurt and you're broken, that's when you keep making shipwreck because you end up running to the same people because you didn't learn how to deal with what's in you first. Pray this makes sense. What's this? So Paul was Saul at this time. Jesus speaking says, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? And watch what Saul said. Let me show you how we can think that we know we're right. And he fell on the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, uh, verse 5, and he said, and who art thou? Do you hear this? He understood the law. I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisee. What I know and what they're doing ain't right because they're breaking the law. He said, I haven't even, Saul said, and he said, who art thou? And the Lord said, I am Jesus. He said, wait a minute now. Whom thou persecutest, is, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Sometimes what we deal with, what we see, we have to make up in our mind that what I see is not my reality. Because sometimes what made appear reality doesn't mean it's reality. We allow reality to beat us up. We allow reality to destroy our mind. We allow reality to stab us as much as they want, as it want to. But in reality, it is. Can I share what reality is? Everything that happened to you was for your mate. It was for your betterment. And because it was for your betterment, you just allowed to better you. But it doesn't mean your reality. It's only preparing you for your reality. It's preparing you for your tomorrow. It's preparing you for your purpose. And sometimes everybody's purpose is not to preach. Everybody's purpose is not to be a bishop and a pastor and apostle and teachers. That's, that's, that's a lie that a whole lot of people keep saying as soon as you get to church, that's what you got to do. Sometimes you could be in church and don't have to be in none of those positions, but yet still God favor you because your life is an example. I pray this makes sense because we have to stop fighting. We have to stop. So many people get up so, so upset at people when they agree with women preachers, agree with women being to be able to be successful. And that's still Bible. We got to understand that the Bible says the two shall become one. Yeah, the Bible might say, uh, yeah, the Bible, the Bible might say that you have to, um, the Bible might tell you that the husband is the head of the house. But guess what? The husband also got to be willing to follow the wife, too, because the wife have insight that the husband don't know. The two has to become one. But when you think that you're the only one that got it, that's when you mess up. When you think, well, I'm the head of the house. The head of the house doesn't mean that you control. Head of house means that you lead by example and you're the first example, first partaker of everything you want your house to be. Oh, thank you, Miss Heidi. Watch this. Watch what happened. So he says, 
Verse 6 says, and he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou should do. Are y'all hearing it? So now you got you got Saul. Well, now Paul in the in Romans telling you that he's carnally sold under sin. Because everything he's doing now has everything to do with what he believed about the law. And it wasn't that the law was sin, but the law became sin to him because he is the one to um he's the one that produced it. Because we can produce and shape things in our own mind. There's another um, thing in the Bible in Genesis. And I've been studying um, Genesis and um, what I've been studying about Babylon. And Genesis, and I want to show you this. And it's the reason why I'm showing this is because many people can refute what you say, but if, if the Bible backs it up, then it's on them. I want to show this in Genesis 11, verse 1. And the whole earth was one language. And one speak. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east um, that they they found a plain of the land of Shinar, which that's that's still Babylon. That's still a, that's like a providence of Babylon. And they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. Whole earth. Now, if you see, they was on one accord. They had one mind. Watch this. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. built. And the Lord and the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. Do you hear that? They had one mind. Whenever you have one mind, something can move. But when you have different minds that have different beliefs, that have different purposes, that have different ideas, then you create an atmosphere of despair and destruction. Because people cannot walk. You need people that's going to be able to operate with you other than actually work against you. And whenever you keep doing the wrong thing, it's because sometimes you got to check the people that's around you. That's, that's your circle. Because sometimes you got you to listen your circle in order to become what God needs you to become. Listen, the mind is under attack. I think the first teaching I talked about the, the COVID and, and the vaccine and things we got going on. Then I talked about, which that still deal with fear, but we're going to come back next, year, next week and actually deal with the fear that people have to stand up and be who they are. And I will tell you my testimony because I was fearful of becoming what God said until tonight. Sometimes, woman, man, when you tired of getting beat up, pick your pick up your dukes and start back fighting. Because if you're letting somebody just keep on hitting on you, that's all they're gonna do for the rest of their life is hit you. Because you allow them to, because your mind is made up. That's all that's for you, and that's not all for you. You got better. You have greater in you. You have purpose in you. And stop allowing somebody else to destroy the purpose that's in you. And start living the purpose that's in you. And then you won't have to need somebody all the time. I was about to lose or push away something God sent somebody that God sent me. Because of my selfishness and, and because I've been through this and I'm tired of going through this. And she keeps doing her best to prove herself in every way. 
And, and watch this. Watch what God gave me to say. Sometimes you got to stop trying to prove yourself to somebody that you already proved yourself to. And if they can't accept what you are, then you can't prove nothing else. Are you? We have to do better. Because the mind can make you shape up and think anything is possible with that you're doing when you're wrong. And it's the third time I done heard God tell me that I was wrong. And the crazy thing is, Miss Crystal, Lady Crystal, my soon-to-be ex-wife, actually told me not to do the things I did, and I did it anyway. And then she spoke to me so harshly in the living room, but she spoke truth. Some of us don't want people speaking harsh to us because that harsh, that truth cuts you because you the one messed up. And we got to stop messing up because God knows his plan. We trust him. There's a making in the midst. God is turning things around in our faith. But he only can turn it around when the mind and the minds are stayed on one accord. I was looking at the documentary of Azusa Street. And it was so honorable that they said from 1906 to 1915, they ran revival and the Holy Ghost faith. They had the upper room. But, but this is key that got me. That, that Seymour, brought, God through him brought people together from all over the world. To the point that the floor of the house they was at first, that's why how they moved to Azusa Street, because the Holy Ghost was falling in the house. And Jesus, and they were speaking in tongues, and they was living the life, and everybody came in with the mindset, one Christ. Everybody that didn't want it already kicked them out. And we got to make the decision right now, if we want a better America, if we want a better family, if we want a better church, we got to change the way we think. I went to a barbershop today, a proper cuts that I said in the beginning, amazing people. But what I was, while I was sitting there, it was another barber that came in. So he just, oh, he opened up a church. He opened up his own barbershop, not too far from theirs. And he came in and said, they barbershop looked the same size as his. And he came to see how he was going to set it up. And he asked them for help. And the owner of the barbershop and the workers began to tell him how to get the stuff they got and went through and showed them how they did it. Now, watch this, because they understood that there's enough for everybody to eat. But when you find a dominant spirit, in, and I told them, and I, I, I actually planted into them. I gave them 50. I did what God gave. I planted $50 there called the, because they deal with Jubilee, also a year of relief, of relief and, or, or release, I mean. And what happened is I did that, and I planted for me and, watch this, my ex-wife too. Because you can't say that you're going to be something God, that you can't be a blessing to them. That Listen. I pray that she's going to be great just as well as I'm great because she's anointed too. She's a beautiful lady. She's, she's powerful just the way I am. That means she deserves everything that comes to her as well too. So I still plan it on both of our behalf. Our divorce ain't final yet. So when it becomes final, then it's, it's, she got her blessings. But I still plan it because it came to my spirit. And because I plan it, now we can reap a harvest. Watch this. We can reap a harvest that God, because we planted, and that's what I felt in my spirit. And they, they received it. And then two things that God gave me to say that they already in process of doing. And I pray that they prosper even greater because they're great people and they help somebody. And then I asked them. I asked everybody, do they care if I talk about God and pray? They said, no, they went on and did. They allowed me to do. I did what God gave me to do. Then I was sitting there. And then um, as I was sitting there, um, I told, I asked them the question. I said, it'd be crazy if every church do the same thing that y'all just did. 
Ain't that something? Sometimes you got to understand good ground might not necessarily always be somebody that's saved or claim to be saved. You pay attention to something. Jesus told them, don't eat from the Pharisees because they, they were supposed to be in the righteous sector of that time. Sometimes you can't eat from the people that go to church every Sunday and preach either. You got to be careful because it might look right, feel right, think right. But that doesn't mean it is. Because there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death, of the ways of death, which means destruction and and failure. And sometimes we fail because we're trying to still depend on people to get us where we need to go. When God is the one that gets you where you need to go, you know what? I have to repent openly, even though I was not on live. I got so discouraged that I started yelling at God and. The thing is that I'm equipped to do what he has given me to do. And so I have to repent because God showed me now in the midst of this teaching that sometimes you don't have what you need. It's because you're not putting your hand, your best foot forward because you're always still waiting on somebody else to lift you up where you need to go. When I was in New York City, I didn't have to touch. Nobody had to do nothing for me. God bless me. I seen Port Authority feel when I'm teaching open. I seen me being on the street crowds around. And God did these things. I seen when I preached at Glendale Baptist Church, people from overseas and all over came. And then let me show you something. God is drawing people from overseas all around, and I keep turning everything down. So who is who is turning away God's blessing? We have to change the way we think is right. Because if you keep going down the path that you're in, you're going to find nothing but death and destruction. Listen, I love you. I thank God for you, all you that will come on later. We have to stop thinking we know and go get the actual facts to prove what we're talking about for us to make a better tomorrow for our children. So with my nonprofit that we're about to start here, we have a nonprofit um, called Unity of Love. And with Unity of Love, we're going to start. I, at first, I thought, man, we need to deal with the homeless. But they already got the homeless on lock in California, so they, they work. And yes, we're still going to help, but we need to deal with the youth. I was talking to somebody today, and they was talking about how a young guy was so good and had a D1 scholarship for basketball, but he ended up going to the streets for gangs and with gangs, and we need to be the difference for the youth. I remember in Miami, um, I took the youth, and we had a great time, and, and, and I had to leave because God told me it was no more meant for me to be there, but they was, they was ready. And um, so that's what we're about to do here. Because it's time for us to get the youth before we lose them. Sometimes we always want to gain what is lost, but sometimes we need to learn how to gain what is not lost first and keep it from being lost. I pray that makes sense. So we got a, we got a nonprofit, Unity of, um, Unity of Love Outreach, and we're going to start our basketball team. Um, I said I was going to wait till the next, I'm going to wait till the following Wednesday. I'm going to go do what I have to do to get us a basketball team started. But we could begin to teach young men and young women how to be women and prepare them for life. Because if we don't pour into them, then who is? Who we? And then I got a book out. I used to be afraid to promote what I got out. I have a book out um, called The Struggles of Life. This book I wrote seven years ago. And when I finished this book, um, me and my wife, we was, in a, we was in a hotel. When I finished this book, we didn't have nowhere to go. We was homeless and we was 
I had to write the book. And as she went to work, I also wrote the book and had two kids. And this book is about my life. So I'm, I'm one of these days I'm going to do a podcast about my book. And, um, but it's about things I've been through, through in my childhood. How my mother was on drugs. My dad was on drugs. Neither one of was there. I was told how many negative things about them. And that's the first chapter and, and how I went through with my family in which I was dead and how I went through with the church. And, and I'm starting, I'm working on my second book now, the sequel to Struggles in Life first. And some of it by my wife, but not all, because I don't want people looking at her negative. And so um, my book is called The Struggles of Life. It is on, um, you can go get it on Amazon. You can go get it on Barnes and Nobles. You can go to, um, you can go not only just Barnes and Nobles, but you can go to anything really and type it in. You'll, you'll be able to find it. You know, struggles are real. Some people go through things a lot. And then I was, I'm also an apostle of our own church, um, church, our church called name is Unity Ministries International True Holiness Church. Um, it's located in Carson, um, California. We have service time at 8 a.m. in the morning um, for now. And then these, the 8 a.m. in the morning service is pretty all right. I thought I would have a problem with it, but it's okay. And we're going to grow. We've been open here now in California for a month. And um, we're currently seeking God to keep on growing. If that be all, I, I thank God for you all. Tune in on Instagram and on Facebook and on TikTok. Um, even on YouTube, we have a YouTube page, Unity Ministry Church. You can go there and catch other videos when we're preaching for a video. And we're going to be live again this Friday. I mean, this Sunday, I'm sorry. And then we also have a revival coming up in November the 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we got dynamic preachers preaching. And last night, I will close it out. And we're going to have a good time. But until next time, I love you. God bless you. If you got any questions, if you have any topics, if you want to know anything, then it is great that you can call into this live. Um, area code is 213-300-3850. Um, or you can email me at pharaohalfred12 at gmail.com. Again, pharaohalfred12 at gmail.com. I love you. God bless you. Until next time, share this live. Share this video. Let people hear what God is speaking through. Because some people may need to hear what is being said. God bless you.